and welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. I am Cami Black and I'm joined uh, this week by John Anderson. Hi there, guys. I nearly said Rory Baldwin because I had Rory in my notes, um, but uh, we had technical issues uh, trying to record last night, so um, we've got John instead. Uh, John, have you nicked Rory's notes? I haven't actually. No, I'm going. I'm going Son's notes. Uh, so this this could be, um, could be interesting. Could be exciting. <laughs> yeah, we're winging it. <laughs> uh, we're going to try uh, something different this week. We're going to try for a thirty or forty minute podcast, depending on how we go. Because uh, we had a look, and that's the average length that you all seem to listen for. Um, apart from the few hardy souls that soldier on to the out past the hour mark. Um, but if you are listening to us, you know you can find us on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and TuneIn, as well as at various other places, including the blog. And you can listen on the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Uh, you can leave your comments there and we'll pick them up on the podcast. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter, at scottrugbyblog or at Black. Find us on Facebook. Uh, you can also find um, on Facebook the Scottish Rugby Forum, of which John is a moderator. Uh, and you can email us podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Um, I always start these things every time we prep for it, thinking we'll have nothing to talk about. Uh, and then <laughs> uh, even today, uh, which isn't on my notes, but even today there there, there has been a, a flood of news. Um, have you seen, John, the outcome of uh, Baldy, Baldy Gate? I'm not going to say Baldy Watgate, but Baldy Gate with the Eddie Jones abuse. The outcome of that has come uh, Yeah, I've seen, I seen the... I seen the uh... The, a couple, a couple of the guys have been fined, and one of them pled not guilty despite being on camera. Yeah, he's going, um, going to try, going, going full trial on that one. Defending himself, I object. It's <laughs> a bold move. Um, <laughs> the the interesting thing for me was um, that the defence barrister basically put up the argument that well, Eddie Jones is at it too. <laughs> they came up with all the. <laughs> All the times, yeah, you know, came up with the scummy Irish one, and oh, what was the the insult he threw at the Welsh as well? Which I can't yeah, he said, said it's like a non-entity of a country or something, or not like every everybody who's Welsh wishes they were English or something, something ridiculous. Yeah, um, but yeah, anyway, so the three of them have been fined, and one of them has decided to uh, chance his luck at full trial. So um, yeah, fair play to him. Uh, the other bit of news from that was that they all left the court crying freedom. Um, so. <laughs> We shouldn't laugh. They they abused an an elderly man on public transport. It's a it's a terrible thing, terrible thing to do. We can, we don't condone it at all. Um, other news. Um, Scotland have now got uh, Russia in their group for the World Cup after World Rugby um, looked into the whole Spain Belgium debacle and decided that nobody was going uh, to qualify and sort of worked their way through the list of people. Uh, that might qualify, and basically everybody was uh, thrown out on the basis that they were all at it with uh, eligible players. John, did you catch this? Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I particularly liked the, um, the 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 news around. It was the Romanian, uh, so they had a, a, a Tongan uh, player who's uh, had been captured by the Tongan Sevens side, and uh, their their defence was they asked the Tongan president if he'd played for them before and he asked the player and he says he couldn't quite remember it's like how how little does does sevens mean to you mate if you you literally can't remember playing at a world series event um strikes that they were perhaps at it yes i mean the i think the well the judicial panel's not world rugby judicial independent judicial panel said something yeah. along the lines of um it's inconceivable <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have known that he played sevens. I think they actually blamed the Romanians and said that they they clearly hadn't phrased the question right. That's um, right, yeah. 
But there's just this one Tongan guy, Mr. Vunapola, he was called. I only remember it because of um, I, I, the... It's about um, Billy and Michael's dad. Is it? Hi. <laughs> Basically, they phoned up and said, is he eligible? And they, he said yes. So they relied on that rather than checking themselves. <laughs> just, well, the, you know, Mr. Vunapola and Tonga said it was fine. Um, Belgium, they were excluded. Um, they fielded five ineligible players. Um, the the five ineligible Belgians is now my uh, my a cappella group's uh, name. Um, the um, but they they said that in Belgium you are entitled to immigration status if your great grandparent was Belgian. Uh, so they were they were applying that rule, um, which is interesting. Um, the who else was it? there was uh the spanish now the spanish ones are going to rumble on a little bit because they are appealing they feel the two french guys who had played for the under 20s at a time when france says that the under 20s was their designated a team yeah classic shingler gate isn't it yeah. which you would think given the shingler you know we're living in a post shingler world um <laughs> that, that someone might have double checked um, Spain's defense. I think it was it Spain's defense was where well, we named them on the team sheet that we sent to the media guys at World Rugby, and nobody raised it with us. Yeah, that that's that's the um, that's the extent to which we're doing checks on eligibility now. It's quite spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what struck me was that the, the, all three teams have been, as well as obviously being kicked out of the World Cup and the the financial implications that come with that, they've all been fined an absolute. I don't have a mountain as well. Yeah. They've all been over a hundred k. I know. Even taking it, then they said they can take account of their resources. Um, yeah. I, given that they're all tier two. I mean, I, I was looking back Granny Gate in two thousand, where you had David Hilton for Scotland, who genuinely believed that his his grandfather was born in Edinburgh. And I think somebody then did some research, and the whole family were devastated when they found out that he was <laughs> actually from Bristol. Um, <laughs> but I think. Got, was it Scotland or Wales? They only got fined like £10,000. And I appreciate it back in 2000, you know, £10,000 yeah. wasn't a drop in the ocean, but it's hardly, you know, back in the 1800s or something. It's not. Yeah. Well, they were saying it's each each of the. So they've, they've based it on there's a an amount for each player slash instance uh, that they get fined for. Um, and. Yeah, so obviously with Belgium with the five uh, five players, I think it was twenty five k per player. Mm. So they were they were on one hundred twenty five k, and I think the the Spanish or no, I think it might be the Romanian lad had played nine times for them. <laughs> so and I think that was ten k a shot. So they were just short, it was just shy of a hundred k. So and I mean as you as you say, I mean the tier tier two nations, you, you're not going to see. I mean, I'd, I'm fairly certain none of the Tier 1 nations have played at these uh, sides out with of a World Cup, so that's that's a lot of money. Yeah, no, it's 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 big dollar. Um, and, of course, um, the the kicker, real kicker, I suppose, is that um, they've lost their place to the, that, 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 that country of sporting integrity, Russia. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I know about Russian rugby... Yeah, this 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 is uh, quite random, but the only thing I know about Russian rugby is on the Rugby World Cup 2011 computer game, they were the worst team. Right. That's that's all all I know about them. They had a kicker who was absolutely honking, and they had a winger who had above average pace. It was basically like Scotland actually, minus the kicker. Yeah, I mean, are they not just made up of Krasnyar? 
I would imagine so now, yes, yes. What was the other Russian side that was was there as well? Um, the, uh, there was there was another one in the the Challenge Cup recently, wasn't there? Yeah, I I Sa- Siberian mob. Probably there's part there's a lot of money kicking around Russian rugby by all accounts, yep. um, as there is in all Russian sport. Um, I the, the less said of that, the better. The um, I'd say thank you to the Irish lad on Twitter um, when I'd sort of made a comment about um, Russia being the, the the home of sporting integrity, who then added the Russian uh, rugby union <laughs> in his reply. Um, to which I I said please please don't do that I'll end up with a Russian troll farm on me before you can say perestroika and then the uh, Russian uh, rugby union favorited that tweet so um, yeah I'm, I'm wiping down my uh, door handles and watching out for men with long umbrellas at the minute yeah if you, if 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 you're listening to this podcast later on um, we you know please just check in with us on Twitter to make sure we're still okay yeah I think Vladimir Putin is doing a stand up job for the record. <laughs> Yeah, I've definitely, said it. I've said it now. Yeah, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> next on the news, what have we got next? Um, the Pro Fourteen TV rights, which uh, since the last podcast that was announced, uh, John. Now you're a a regular uh, Scotston. <clears throat> yep. What What's your take on this? Given that we're we're now getting all games in HD. I I I am less skeptical than I was. I was. Um, I, th- I think the HD is the big swear for me. Um, slight sarcasm there. No, I think. I think it's um, uh, thinking about it now. Just now, we've obviously got the Sky coverage. You take some of the, you know, particularly the Glasgow game this weekend as well. Um, and I, I'm I'm one of these guys. I, I like to watch, you know, rugby when it's on. I like to watch plenty of rugby. And for a tenner a month, uh, I'll give it a bash. And we'll see. I, I was I was very skeptical, but we'll give it a bash and we'll see how we go. Um, I like that we've got all the games and they've guaranteed that. So yeah, I'm um, happier than I was. Yeah, I mean it suits someone like me. I mean I'm a, a so you know I'm big into rugby, but fairly casual observer of other sports. So I've never really had the impetus to invest big in any sort of sports package with yeah. anyone like BT or, or Sky because I've, I've no need for it outside of rugby. So yep. I've always just relied on the likes of Alba. But I, I would probably, you know, for £10 a month, I'd pay for that. That's not, you know, for one sport, I'm quite happy to pay that. Yeah, absolutely. The only the only thing, I guess, I mean, I suppose for, from a Glasgow point of view, um, attendances are fairly steady. I don't, yeah. It's unlikely to affect it that much. People will still want to get to the game. I, I suppose for a club like Edinburgh, maybe. There might be more of a worry where you haven't got an established stadium. They're they're trying to build that, and now all of a sudden, the games are on telly for ten. But every game's on telly for ten pound a month. So what's the yeah? What's the incentive for someone from say the borders to jump on a train on a Friday night and you know pay with a ticket plus train ticket money to go into Edinburgh and, and watch a game? Yeah, well, I think that probably the 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 argument there will be hopefully success uh, will be the the, the what brings people back i think glasgow even i was reading the the, um, the article recently it was talking about one of the previous uh Scotston, um semi-finals and they were saying how the average attendance that season had been about five thousand, and that, that was a couple of years ago now they're you know they've essentially added another 50 percent onto that regularly uh, in fact every game this year and it's it's success that that pulls people in yeah decent brand of rugby helps but these 
fans go along expecting to see Glasgow win. And if Edinburgh are able to maintain some of the momentum that obviously Cockrell has um, has started, then I think we'll see the crowd start to go up. And I think having, as you say, a permanent home or a permanent residence of some description to uh, to, to to help that will will be crucial. Yeah, no, I think that's that that's that's a good point. Um... So yeah, is, is it Premier Premier TV? Is that who's, who's got it? Yeah, Premier Premier Sports, Premier Sports. Premier Sports. Um, so they're, they're so they're going. They've got Premier Sports One at the moment. They on the back of the the deal, they're starting Premier Sports Two as well. Oof. So the and they also have a free TV uh, channel as well. So free view or free sports TV or something like that. So the the agreement is that there will be one free to air match every every week mm-hmm. uh and and the others uh the other six well <laughs> quick math there <laughs> it's been a long day um <laughs> the, the other six will be split between the two channels probably over friday saturday sunday um just kind of the same 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 sort of setup as we have just now yeah i can't remember what the spot they've got they've got weird they got bullfighting Oh, they've got some absolute ridiculous sports at the moment. Yeah, I think they have bullfighting. Um, I'm actually, I'm just going to, I'm going to pull up Premier Sports just now. Premier and see Sports. Got. Yeah, careful what you're Googling. Um, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, I'm not in my Ice WhatsApp. hockey. They've definitely got the, they've got the Stanley Cup. Nice. Um, they've got uh, NHL, NHL, NHL. Swedish Speedway. Swedish, oh, I'm a big fan of Speedway. Big yes, speedway. Uh, is, yeah, Swedish speedway. Um, the... more Beric bandits go bandits. Um, <laughs> nice. The um, let's have a look. Um, hurling. We've got some live hurling. hurling? Oh, I'm all about. Um, yeah. more, My cousin more... used to play play hurling actually. All events. Hang on, strange, strange fact. <laughs> some rugby. They've got some rugby league. Oh, here we go. Nice. Coolest. Uh, yeah, it's Tipperary versus Cork. The Coca Cola Six Hundred. Sharp nice. Motor Speedway. Um, fire keepers. Oh, NASCAR. They've got NASCAR. Terror uh, a month. This, this is a bargain. They've got it's the the rugby league. They've got is. Oh no, they they must. They've got the um. The the, lamp, the 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 Toronto Wolf Park versus Lee Centurions, and it must be a tour of the some. Yeah, it's a it's a tour of a Canadian side. In fact, they did this last year. It's a rugby league yeah. side from Canada and they came come around and they sort of play uh, rugby league side. So they're playing the Lee Centurions, Sheffield Eagles, Batley Bulldogs, which is just down the road from me, so I might go and see that. Um, yep. And the Rochdale Hornets. Oh, and Featherstone Rovers. So that's a real glamour tour for them. <laughs> all, the, all, the bright, all the bright lights of Yorkshire and oh, Lancashire. Um, right there. Yeah, lots of motorsport and rugby league mainly, um, and Gaelic, Gaelic, uh, or hurling rather, um, the GAA Championship. So yeah, yeah. so well, I, I think that's a, that's a good tennis worth. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Other news? What have we got? Another news? Um, Duncan, Duncan Taylor has just announced he's resigning with Saris. Has he? To twenty twenty one. Yep. Um, he's. Um, it was announced today alongside the prop, um, Argentinian prop. Is it Figa? Oh, I'm going to embarrass myself here. Pronunciation is never my strong point. Um, Fagallo. Uh, they've both extended their deal at Saris uh, till 2021. Yeah, in terms of transfer news, um, 
And one of these, I'm quite interested in your view on John uh, Richie Vernon. Any news on where he's he's off to? Because he's he's been let go by Glasgow at the end of the season. He has been let go, yeah, and it's all quiet uh, on the Richie Vernon front. I've not heard anything uh, as yet. Yeah, you would hope he'd find somewhere uh, a club. Um, I think he. I mean, it's interesting. I forgot that he actually turned out for Scotland during the last World Cup. Yeah, yeah, he got into the because uh, Dunbar. Uh, was um, it was kind of a like well not like for like but um, he was sort of the replacement for Dunbar who just about made it fitness wise but um, uh, not quite and yeah um, Vernon was was in it. I, he's he's been very unlucky the last two years with yeah. an injury but I think I, uh, he's still only only thirty. Yeah, and you know, he could definitely, definitely do a shift for someone. Yeah, I mean, he definitely is probably a decent squad player for someone in the the Premiership. You would hope, absolutely. I, mean, I, I would, you know, I, I'm sure he'd do, do good. I'm sure he'd be excellent in at Championship level. Um, yes. but but I, you know, I would hope that he would certainly be able to do a job in the Premiership. Um, or or even the French D two. Um, if he wants to go and get beaten up every week. Um, yeah. all joking aside. Um. Obviously, Richie has a bit of a, a fan's um, a cult about him. Mm. Uh, but all, all joking aside, the, the, the man is, uh, from my dealings with him, an absolute gentleman. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he was involved in helping um, out a secret message for my brother-in-law for uh, for the for the wedding. Um, so he was, uh, yeah, done done an absolute sterling job with that. Yeah, and he and he's written for the blog in the past. He did a little tour diary right. for us. Um, back, back, that was the World Cup, wasn't it? It was, um, and he even. Um, more recently, um, gave his summer tour squad as uh, I think it's fifteen players <laughs> right. as himself. Just named himself fifteen times. Um, Legends. Uh, other news: um, Tim Viss has retired, which sort of came out for the blue. And I don't think, based on the sort of passive aggressive response from Gregor Townsend of "Oh well, we've got other wingers coming through, it'll give <laughs> yeah. them a chance." Response to this, I think it sort of came as a surprise to everyone, but. I, yeah, I felt against he had a really good game against Wales in the Six Nations. So, not this Six Nations, last Six Nations, he had a really good game against Wales. But he's sort of dropped out since then. I think they were all pointing to the game against Wales, where he absolutely shocked us into uh, a stunned silence. Um, I think the fact that we point to that is probably indicative of the problem Tim Vissers faced at international level. He's he's a phenomenal finisher. He'll he'll get on the end of anything you want but that's not going to cut it in mm. this brand of Scottish rugby yeah he maybe came along at a time when we we were lacking finishers but yeah. now we've got people that can finish and defend then yes. yeah um who else oh John Hardy um there was a, a mild panic uh when someone uh from the school of hard knocks said um you know, congratulations on the retirement, and then hastily had to withdraw that. <laughs> um, and so I meant retirement from Edinburgh, I think. Um, oh no! So uh, that watch was this in- space. that was interesting. What? Yeah, watch this space. He's he's been named sort of as absent from the Scotland tour squad, so clearly still, you would assume has had conversations with Gregor Townsend. Um, but he's back, going back to New Zealand for a time. I think just just more on a sort of busman's holiday maybe more than anything concrete so that'll be i would hope we'd see him back in a scotland shirt um obviously france or the premiership would be ideal but the brad thorne thing with england calling up for england means that you know him going down to back to new zealand wouldn't necessarily mean that he can't play for scotland again 
No, I mean Scotland haven't got that. Um, haven't got that rule uh, in place anyway. I mean, we're, obviously when we selected Hugh Jones at first, mm. he was he was at the Stormers as well. So no, as, as, there would be no issue with that. Um, speaking of people that we might not see again in a Scotland shirt, oh, I say might, well, definitely not. Uh, the match assassin himself is retired as well. Who's retired? Scott Lawson. Oh, of course he has, yes. Yes, he's off to be director of rugby at St Andrews University to teach them how to kill off games. (laughs) Uh, I know, yeah. Yeah. but he's he's been absolutely phenomenal for Newcastle Falcons the last few seasons. So no, he's tearing it up. Yeah, him and Ali Hogg, who's also retiring. Yeah, and again, Ali Hogg's one of those players. That he, it's just such a shame he didn't make fifty caps. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah. A time when we were cr- crying out for a ball carrying eight. <laughs> uh, could do a job at Glasgow. Possibly, yeah. Um, speaking of Glasgow, um, Glasgow, um, sort of. Um, Richard Cockerell is making come hither eyes at all three Glasgow scrum halves. Dave Rennie is unhappy about this, but um, nonetheless, there is a suggestion that, that, that Glasgow have too many Scotland internationals at nine and Richard Cockerell would very much like one of them. That does not sit, uh, uh, Yeah, you can see what he's doing. You can see his point, really. Um, however... Uh, I know Dave Rennie is uh, none too impressed with the way that Richard has has approached this. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, Dave Rennie's argument will be that Glasgow are competing at the top end of the Pro 14, will be, hopefully again next year, will be looking to make a decent dent in Europe as well. Um, Scrum Half was the only area. uh, I was reading one of the match reports from... um, from it was, I think it was the Leinster game during the European Championships this year, and we had four scrum halves in the squad, but just because of the injuries around the rest of the, the positions. So it, it does show we, we you do need um, depth. However, the argument, the current argument, would be: is it better for Scottish rugby if Ali Price goes across to um, to Edinburgh to to sit behind a, a dominant pack? and develop as first choice there. Um, it's a tough one. Yeah, I don't know if there's any answer to it necessarily that is going to satisfy everyone. No. Um, well, we're low tie and we're low close and all speedos but I just want to know did you see the legend that's Doogie Donnelly? Um, yeah, so it's uh, Where's Doogie Donnelly, our, our player and pundit spot section of the podcast. Um, Callum Mitchie got in touch on Facebook uh, through the uh, Scottish Rugby Forum to say he'd saw Grant Gilchrist a couple of weeks ago outside the Balmoral. Um, he had to do a double take because he wasn't wearing his red scrum, scrum cap uh, and he crossed the road on a red man. Um, so, um, yeah, um, something Richard Cockrell wants, maybe wants to look out for. Um, I also saw on Instagram that Magnus Bradbury's been out tombstoning in Oban, so maybe... Uh, Maybe something for Richard Cockrell to talk to uh, the boys about um, (laughs) the off-season and looking after themselves. Um, Definitely safer activities. Have you seen anyone, John, that you want to Uh, share with this podcast? uh, No, actually no. Um, Glasgow Glasgow George Square has been um, quiet uh, recently. However, uh, one of the fellow mods on the rugby forum, um, Ian Wallace, who is a... Currently known as the Beard of Scottish Rugby due to his long flowing ginger locks, um, 
he saw Dwayne Van Der Merwe uh, down at the Botanics, and Ooh. his uh, he simply says, Thela is huge. Um, <laughs> which I think, yeah, he does seem like quite a big lad. Ian, uh, Ian's a bus driver through in Edinburgh, and regularly he, he, his route took him past uh, Murrayfield um, regularly, so he's, he, he constantly comments on who he's seen. Can you, I mean, it might be worth asking in a few episodes ago, um, I think it was Brody saw Sean Kennedy getting on at the on a bus on a bus at the Spires Hospital and then getting off at Murrayfield and those apparently are two stops apart. So it'd be interesting oh. to get Ian's take on how many Ember players are doing that short hop if he's on that route. Yeah, might be mm. worth checking with Ian as well how much that fare costs. Can I mean um, two stops in Edinburgh could be quite quite pricey. Possibly, yeah. You know, so there's a bit of a, a, a matter of expenses to be considered there as well. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alan Dimmick, formerly of of, of this uh, blog, but now of um, Rugby World, got in touch. Um, I'm now calling him Alan Hollywood Dimmick because of some of the spots he gets. Um, he saw the Exeter Uni rugby team in Hong Kong airport while he was queuing for sweet, sweet Popeye chicken. Um, he, he also um, saw, um, and it, this is this is classic Alan Hollywood Dimmick name dropping here. He whilst stood with Stephen Jones, uh, that's um, Stephen Jones of uh, blocking everyone on Twitter. Stephen Jones uh, waiting to re- record a rival uh, podcast. He saw Nicola Sturgeon, um, which I think nice. was probably at the Times office. Um, so I asked Alan if, if he'd asked her what she thought of the Super Six franchises, um, but apparently he didn't get a chance to look at. Uh, didn't get a chance to ask her. Um, we have got this is a great one. I've got a I've got a Doogie Donnelly contribution. Now it's not from him, but it's from his Twitter feed. Uh, Doogie Donnelly saw uh, Scott Hastings on an Emirates flight. That's gold. That it's, is that is gold. I think I think Doogie's getting closer to to revealing himself. I think uh, you know I, th- I think if people stick with us. I'm not saying it'll be next episode or maybe the one after that, but I think Doogie's coming uh, and he's coming soon. At some point, he's going to submit his hands in the ruck, isn't he? Oh, how good would that be? <laughs> A tweet from Doogie with the hands in the ruck. Um, very quickly, um, we'll move on. Um, the the Scotland um, summer tour squad, uh, John, any any surprises in there for you? You happy with the balance there? Um, yeah, I think I think um, I think a couple of surprises in terms of there was maybe a few more senior players who could have had the summer off. Um, it's good to see young the younglings getting an outing. Good to see us trying a few things. Um, my only concern is maybe the Argentina game. Um, we're taking. And and I think Greg has been quoted as saying is it's unlikely that um, well he said twenty eight of the thirty three man squad mm. will be travelling to Argentina so there's going to be people leaving after USA and Canada as well uh, Hoggy being one of them um, so you're going to the toughest opponent of the tour away from home Argentina is well very very difficult to go down there and get a win anyway so. You know, I, I'd be concerned that we might be on the wrong end of a, a bit of a scalping, actually. But uh, it's, it's a summer tour. That's what they're there for. We can we can go and enjoy ourselves, try some new things. It'll be good to see uh, Adam Hastings in particular. I think yeah. um, good if he can get some game time. Um, other than that, the, the biggest concern for me was the wing. We seem to have just run out of wingers. Yeah, because not many people um, 
who's who's he named? This I'm on the article at the minute. I'm going to go back. I was, I was looking at someone's comment that I tweeted out. But uh, so we've Lee, got Lee Jones. Lee Jones. You've got Duncan Taylor who can play on the wing. Baron McGuigan. Um, how was I say Barry McGuigan? That shows my age. What, we, let's go with Barry. Barry Barry McGuigan. Um, yeah. So what? What? Lee Jones, Barry McGuigan. And then Duncan Taylor, who's a utility sort of a utility player, potentially. I mean, I suppose you could play. Let's have a look. Chris, Chris, Chris Harris, Harris covers wing as well. Covers wing, yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I've come up on that with phrases. Blair Kinghorn has played wing before, so I suppose you could go with a back three of Kinghorn, Hogg, and there was a frightening suggestion, and I think that um, it was uh, Tooney himself had said Hogg can play ten, so. Yeah, I know what I mean. I think I need to have words with Gregor and sort this out. Cause... That, is, that could become a ter- terrifying reality. Oh, I, I mean, if it goes well, I'm going to get absolutely hounded by people, and when it inevitably goes terribly, I'm 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 going to be doing the hounding. <laughs> and I mean, there's no way I win out of this. Tony, come on, if you're listening, Gregor, seriously, just come out and nail this in the head. Just be like, no, this is not happening. Uh, but yeah, I mean, is it, he's done it. Did he do it once at Glasgow? Was it Treviso? He a few couple of seasons ago. Treviso, yeah. And it went by and large. It went terribly. In fairness, uh, Hulk, Hulk did get man of the match that day. Did he? Uh, I didn't think. I, I, seven out of seven. Yeah, <laughs> he had a great game. Did he? I thought <laughs> it was he went... absolutely brilliant. <laughs> no. I remember watching parts of that game no, and thinking it... it went a bit shaky. But no, he... oh well. <laughs> no, he got man of the match that day, and I think he was seven out of seven off the tee. He had an absolute blinder. It's like, oh, but again, it was against Treviso, who, let's face it, at that time were as close to sort of super touch rugby as you could you could find. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Fraser on the blog uh, has said, uh, decent squad, good balance of new and old. Um, George Horn and Sam Hildeklein seems to confirm my suspicion that Pergos and Fowles were in the Six Nations squad to make up the numbers. Um, Chris Harris is the only real questionable pick for me. He was terrible for Scotland. I'd completely agree with that. Uh, but maybe Townsend can see something there that, and he just had a shocker. Um, I think there's something in that. I mean, Townsend said that Harris produces the best sort of numbers in training, so there must be. Something there, and I get, you know, he he's played what he did a few minutes against Samoa um, when Scotland completely collapsed in that Samoa game in the autumn, and yep. then that horror Wales game. So I, I don't know, maybe I sort of maybe it would be harsh to overlook him now, but I, I, he's probably only got, I would say, this tour, and then that's it. I can't, I don't think, I don't, I think if he if he can't perform in this tour, then that's. Yeah, I have no doubt, and he's a good player for Newcastle Falcons. But but whether or not he can cut it national level is a different matter. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we've got to remember as well that if if we remember when Duncan Taylor came through, um, his first few caps as well, he was absolutely honking, um, and you know everyone was questioning it's this this big gangly guy with an afro from Saris. You know <laughs> what 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 was this all about? And and then. He gets called up after a few injuries to our, you know, uh, never-ending list of centres, and all of a sudden he goes on and he's a he's a world beater again. So, um, yeah, I think it's I I after the Wales game emotionally was writing Chris Harris off and wishing uh, ill will towards him, um, but 
I think I think he has he, he deserves another chance based on his club form. He's been exceptional down at Newcastle this year. Uh, the few times I've seen them, uh, he's been really really solid. And like you say, Tunzend, Tunzend, Tunzend. Obviously, Tunzend. I accent's gone a bit mad. Um, he clearly rates him. So yeah, let's uh, again experiment. Let's see what he's got in the summer. I, I agree with you though. I think I think he's he's running out of opportunities very very quickly now. Yeah, I mean the last one that Fraser mentioned is Luke Hamilton. I'm quite excited about him. I think he could he he could be the answer we're looking for eight, given the very short time. Was it was it um, New Zealand he was on for? Yeah, Shortly New Zealand. And he, he played yeah, like really nine well. Min- yeah. Nine minutes or so. Yeah, <laughs> but he, it was what a nine minutes it was. So I'm, I mean, yeah. he's left. Where was he? Leicester. He's left Leicester. Futures sort of not yep. not announced where he's going yet. Um, some word it might be Glasgow, but Glasgow. Yeah, I mean, you're fairly packed in the back row at Glasgow at the minute. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I would say less so than Edinburgh, to be fair. But yeah, I think. If if he's going to come north, I think Glasgow would be the sensible option for for in terms of balancing the squad. Unless, of course, Cockrell wants to send I, I don't know a, a, a you know a Mata or a a, a, a Bradbury over the road. You know, it would only be sensible to to compensate Glasgow for the development of uh, one of one of these international scrum halves that he so desires. Um, but yeah, I think Luke Hamilton could do a job up here. He seems, like you say, one of the best nine-minute cameos I've seen in quite some time. He looks a big, strong lad. Um, so yeah, let's see. Um, I would, ex- I would be surprised if he does come north, though. I think we'll probably see him at another Premiership club. Yeah, probably, probably a Newcastle actually. Yeah, um, which interestingly, I, I was reading um, a couple of weeks ago that. Um... They were uh, they they put something out on their Twitter feed. Uh, it was Dean Richards saying that he wants his core squad to come from. He says he wants it to be Geordies, County Durham, Cumbria, Northumberland, and interestingly the Scottish borders as well. So it's quite interesting that that yeah. Falcons are, are are definitely looking in the borders for players. Um, so even if there's no formal link with the SRU, it's definitely something they've got an eye on. Um, we we mentioned Glasgow there, so let's let's talk about the Scarlets game then, John, this weekend. Um. Predictions because at heart you got Leaf Halfpenny out, Johnny Gray and Hugh Jones potentially back. I mean, I think uh, Ian, we had Ian Hay loaned out to another podcast last night, and something ridiculous like uh, Glasgow have nobody's won any points at Glasgow, have they? I mean, they've yeah, scored points, yeah, they've not taken any bonus points, or that's or right, like. yeah. No one's left Scotsdon with a point this season. Hmm. Um, Glasgow have, got, uh, have secured 49 out of the total 50 that they could have um, which again and it's funny because you obviously I'm quite a regular on uh, the Glasgow Warriors forums and things like that and after every you know guys were talking about how we'd we'll chalk that one up as another disappointing bonus point win <laughs> it's like guys this uh, you know this is a, a season where and I think if, every every Warriors fan uh, even even the most optimistic was quietly cautious or quietly cautious cautious about Dave Rennie's arrival because it was so late because we were seeing players arriving mid season as well we we were very much aware that this would be a season of transition mm. and if transition is absolutely scudding everybody at home um and securing essentially securing well, securing a semi final berth 
very early on in 2018. Um, I think that that's a reasonably good transition season. Um, and at Scottsdale, we've got nothing to fear. Nothing yeah. to fear at all. I mean, it's a have your cake and eat it answer, isn't it? I guess in a way, because you've got the thing of saying, well, on the one hand, you should Glasgow should win it because they've got such a good, strong home record. But on yep. the other hand, no one's expecting them to do it because it's the first year of Dave Rennie's reign. And it's not, it's not I don't think you could say it's Dave Rennie's squad or Dave Rennie's team no. yet. No, no, definitely not. And I think you can see the Dave Rennie game plan is continuing to develop. And I think... With a full pre-season, some some of the fans have been complaining that you know we're still making the same mistakes that we were making in September and October, and for the, for the most part, yeah, we are because we're still trying the same things. And uh, when you're playing ambitious rugby, as you know, as you see from Finn Russell, sometimes things just don't come off, and you look like an idiot. And Glasgow have done that, and in some games they have looked very very average. But yet we're still top scoring team in the league. We're still, we're still, you know, ninety nine percent of our points at home. Um, yes, we've had a couple of bad results in the last few weeks, but I think it's for me it's been very clear that the guys since they've clinched the home semi final, they have been elsewhere. I mean, yeah, the interesting thing I suppose is from from a Glasgow point of view, Glasgow have played better when they've been without their internationals. I mean, yeah, and I wonder if that's because Dave Rennie's had more time to work with them, so they understand what he's trying to get more, or whether or not they're just more his type of players. I know he speaks very highly of Nick Grigg and Pete Horn, which aren't necessarily the obvious choices from a yeah. an outsider point of view. That's a very interesting point. Um, yeah, there's there's maybe something in that in terms of just the the actual sheer amount of time that's spent with the players. I think Glasgow have benefited this year from there's been certainly the the, the quality of some of the non Scottish qualified imports that have come in, like Callum Gibbons, obviously Nico coming back. Mm. Um, we've definitely the step up from last season where we I don't. I think in the Six Nations we didn't win a point or something ridiculous. There was there was some some terrible times during the international windows, uh, and this season we took full points. Um, and that's down to the recruitment has been different, but also the production line at Scotstoun is really starting to to pay dividends. And you're seeing obviously George Horns had well player of the player of the season, young player of the season as well. He's had a brilliant brilliant year. Uh, but on top of that, you've got your Matt Fagerson, you've got Matt Smith. These these young boys are coming through. They're they're really getting involved. Even in even in the front row, uh, the boy the, the hooker Thompson, who's come on and played European Championship Cup uh, rugby as well. Um, oh, sorry, not Stuart, uh, Thompson. Uh, Stuart as a Greg Stuart. Um, so th- these guys have been exposed to a level of rugby that they maybe didn't expect, and it's it's showing that the the future is bright for for Glasgow but also for Scotland. So so you predicting a Glasgow win? Yeah, I think I think I have to really, don't I? Um yes, I I'm I'm confident that at Scotland I think we will see hopefully the the real Finn Russell will turn up. Um although I've got my suspicions around Finn's fitness at the moment. Um do you think There's, he's already uh, he's already he's already um, indulging in the French strength and conditioning um, <laughs> practices no, of no, a, a no, croissant no, and glass no. of wine for breakfast? 
That's it, yeah. I, I, a cheese and Haribo croissant. Champagne uh, at halftime. <laughs> if not, I lining think up, Lining up with berries before the match. <laughs> Can you imagine? In Glasgow, it would be more um, sort of Burberry skip caps. That, though, was, that was outrageous. I've never but seen the like. Oh, the French never cease to disappoint. <laughs> absolute bat craziness. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But no, I think Finn, uh, I was reading back a few articles actually just before the Six Nations. Gregor was saying um, it was the Champions Cup game before the Six Nations and Gregor was saying uh, Finn had been rested for a shoulder injury and I'd noticed he had really heavy strapping on it um it would have been the ulster game mm. um just just a couple well, probably about a month ago now he had really heavy strapping on his shoulder uh, and i do wonder if he's carrying a bit of a niggle yeah i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you this now john because um foolishly i've decided to book a holiday um around the time of the um, the, the Pro 14 final. So so we're predicting that Glasgow win against Scarlet. And the most yep. likely outcome is that then you're looking at a final in Dublin against Leinster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shall we move on? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think Glasgow would go into that as underdogs. So a bridge too far this season. Uh, I think Leinster have been very, very good this season. I think um, I think they've got a winning mentality that um, the the core of players, you know, your Johnny Sexton's, uh, just driving that team onwards. Um, yeah, I think that's a bridge too far. Um, what What was interesting for me, I noticed the other day someone commented on Johnny Sexton and how they'd said they couldn't believe he's he's thirty three. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not a young. Not a young lad. He's not. He's not a, ch- a spring chicken, is he? And, but then you know they've got. Uh, they've got like almost like a queue of tens out the door at Leinster. So I don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's quite something. Yeah. Um. Let's let's move on on that note. Anyway. Um. We'll do we'll do this because because I said I'd keep to forty minutes, but that's not happening tonight. So let's let's <laughs> let's do this instead. <laughs> Yeah, it's time for Hands in the Ruck or any other business section of the podcast. Um, thank you for all your contributions. We've had quite a few this week. Um, we didn't mention the Super 6 in the news because most of the uh, submissions for Hands in the Ruck have been uh, the Super 6 um, <laughs> announcement. Uh, who was it? Uh, Dermot Gormley uh, was one who tweeted uh, me to say that uh, his Hands in the Ruck was the geographic spread of the Super 6. Uh, which has had quite a few knickers in a twist. Um, <laughs> I was obviously when when we originally planned this program, we we're going to have um, our Caledonian uh, representative Rory on on the podcast. But um, John, I mean, your your Glasgow, you've got. I mean, Air's Air's got the airport. I mean, it's 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 within an hour of like most of Glasgow, right? So that sure yeah, as, is, as is Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's another three franchises across there. It's fine. It's, it's fine. totally covered. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, no, Stirling clearly, you know, is. I, I didn't even think Stirling was in Caledonia. I would have put that central belt. Um, but there you go. Um, so yeah, um, there's a lot of backlash about that. Um, particularly the Glasgow not getting a, a Super Six franchise at all. And you do, I mean, 
from that point of view, John, I mean, I think I said in the article on the blog, which is again, you know, worth people having having a read of. Um, you know, rugby is not the dominant sport and never has been in Glasgow. And Warriors have made huge strides in that area to get people along, get people interested in rugby. To a certain extent, you've got you know, you had one of the big teams and football teams in 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 Glasgow on the wane. Um, and it feels like a massive missed opportunity not to stick a Super Six franchise in there as well. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think um, hearing the the words that are coming out from the the Glasgow Hawks, um, if there were shortcomings in the bid, they should have been addressed because. Uh, aside from any uh, any of the, the you know the statements SRU have made previously regarding the geographic spread, aside from any of that, it is a huge huge missed opportunity. Um, what was it? Glasgow, Glasgow Warriors. If you take average attendance, are the fifth or sixth biggest supported club in Scotland yeah. now, and. You know, and comparing competing with Rangers, Celtic, Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, and then you've got Glasgow Warriors. That is it's a huge, huge market they've got the potential to tap into, and people are constantly complaining that Scotland's not big enough. Yep. Um, people can't get along to games. The next logical step is to have you know the, these players of the future potentially the the next generation of professional rugby players playing at club level people will go along to see that and it's it's it boggles me that they've they've missed that chance i suppose yeah i mean that we had another for balance we had another um submission from matt stokes on twitter who said his hands in the ruck were people who think hawks glasgow hawks that is should get in purely because they're from glasgow despite having a smaller fan base no ownership of a ground and less success in the league than their Ember counterparts. Clubs had to submit submit bids for a reason. And I think, I mean, from that point of view, Glasgow Hawks were set up as a development side for the Glasgow region. And, and they've, you know, one of the huge criteria is they wanted a sort of community buy-in. And if you're setting up a club as a development side, there isn't, there isn't that community link. And I think Hawks have said if they didn't get a Super 6 franchise, they would cease to exist. Yes, that's right. So I suppose from that point of view, really the... Uh, the thing that was missed from a Glasgow point of view is only putting, you know, Hawks being the only ones that were put forward, which on paper is probably look at, looking at is probably quite a weak bid compared to maybe some of the other community-based teams, um, or maybe even Hawks going yeah. in with a with the sort of teams it's linked to, you know, the more traditional clubs it's linked been linked to in the past, and going in and putting a sort of like joint bid in. No, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think there's no doubt that there was weaknesses in the Glasgow Hawks bid. And those those have those have been aired uh, on a number of platforms. Uh my back to my point, I think that for the the SRU could have done themselves a favour by not necessarily I'm not saying they should have put Glasgow Hawks through because they're from Glasgow. Uh, I'm saying they should have given them the opportunity to address some of the weaknesses in their yeah. bid um, purely. And, uh, you know, that could have been extended to any number of franchises within the bidding process. Uh, and if so, if it so happens that after that, that opportunity is granted and, and after that, Glasgow Hawks are still not up to scratch. They're not going to be viable. So be it. That That's fine. But 
there's there's too many ifs and buts mm. at the moment um, that that kind of support the SRU's stance uh, for me. Yeah, and I think that you know the the Caledonia issues you had it was a choice between Sterling and Dundee, neither of which are particularly sort of northern because there's no there was no bid from the sort of from anybody up in Aberdeen. Given you've and, and given you've got sort of Highland, it feels like again a missed opportunity for not putting together yep. a joint bid with so you know because the, the the criteria was I think if you put in a joint bid, then the the clubs that are jointly bidding can still exist and still have teams within the main competition. That's right. Um, so again, it feels uh, perhaps. They, I mean, they've talked. I mean, I think um, Mark Dodson's on record as saying that, that there will be other rounds, there'll be other opportunities, and perhaps maybe some of those clubs are just a case of saying, you know, taking a step back and seeing how it all pans out. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think there'll be for some of the bids there will maybe be a bit of relief actually because I think I think there was an expectation of certain clubs that they had to get a franchise or had to be involved and those who have not been successful may you know let's see how it pans out but yeah they'll maybe be breathing a wee sigh of relief in a, a, a year's time or two years time depending how this goes yeah, I mean the inter- somebody else got it was Peebles elbow on Twitter got in touch to say um, he's not not sure that Melrose is a great choice for the Super Six, and and there was inter- there was a wee bit of debate in the blog actually yeah. um, between um, it was it was I was wonderful I was really enjoying it <laughs> <laughs> it was a proper a proper borders parochial fight in the comments section I'm, I'm desperately trying to find it now there's like basically two guys at it and I must find out who they were um, oh god it's flood they were arguing about the. the- <laughs> oh, here we go. It was it was Stu and Borderman. Um, so Stu was arguing that Gala and Hoyk, um don't have better facilities, with the exception of undersoil heating, which were paid for by the SRU. And there's plenty of border lads in the Melrose squad. Um, but then Stu said Melrose has no floodlights, no 3G pitch, no car park. Because the only club in the borders that would rather not be part of the borders. And there was just it raged on for about a good. <laughs> Good few days. <laughs> Stew floodlights are coming as is the pitch. No club in the borders has both. Both Hoyk and Gala are happy, important players in the 70s and 80s. It's got proper deep, deep, deep wounds being reopened by this uh, in the borders. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> so love to see about that in the in the comment section. Um, but yeah, I mean, I suppose I mean uh, people's elbows point was was I think that the borders failed to sustain. Uh, professional team and because it and though it is so tribal on the borders you know getting someone from gala to support a melrose team or and likewise vice versa is a hard sell and and even getting them to sell a borders team is a hard sell because you know people from gala will follow gala people from selkirk follow selkirk people from melrose follow melrose nobody's buying into some super team uh, and history's shown that so I, I sort of get you know People's elbows. Point is, you know, Melrose has got a very small. If you take account of the other borders, towns, um, and Melrose, Melrose is a small catchment area to get people through the door to come. I mean, they have the sevens every year, but that's because everyone comes from far and wide. You know that yep. Melrose is a small town. How many people are going to turn up every week and watch the games? Well, that's that's the the big question. I think you know it ultimately comes down to how much how much has that played a part in the actual decision making process? Because um, these clubs are going to have to be in some way financially viable. Um, 
they're not going to be completely funded by the SRU. So, you know, does the Melrose Sevens fund Melrose's franchise? Very, very possibly. Mm. Um, but it's certainly not going to be spectators that fund it on a, on a, a bi-weekly basis, no. Yeah. Um, so that was we had, like, that was it for Super 6. If you want to get involved in the debate, particularly if you want to just uh, throw mud at um, each other, people... Um, <laughs> You live in the borders, and um, we're always up for that sort of thing. Just try and keep it clean and uh, as polite as you can. Um, any uh, hands in the ruck from you before I move on to the others, John? Uh, I, I'll, I'll. It's not not strictly Scottish rugby related, but I'll 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 throw my disdain. And uh, Jerome Gar says, "Oh my God, what an absolute." howler that lad had on Friday night in the Challenge Cup final. I will just say um, before you go any further, you do realise that you are now agreeing with Stephen Jones. Well, I, I mean, I think Stephen, prob- I mean, as he said before, I think Stephen has guys to do his blocking for him. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's no. I, I think... Having watched the game, it was it was unbelievable. And the bit that really, really ground at me was the the big the big prop. Can't remember the, the lad's name off the top of my head. The big prop down the line, stunning offload out the back door. Winger goes under the posts, and Garces is blown for a forward pass. Um, he he's. He's absolutely adamant it's forward. Now it's it's not forward in a month of Sundays. And one camera angle would tell you that. And we criticised referees for, for being too happy to go upstairs. Um, if there was ever a chance or ever a example of when a referee absolutely should, it was there. And, and Gar says is bad for that. Mm. Um, not, not saying he's a naughty boy for that. He's, he's bad. He does that regularly. Um, that and his interpretation of the breakdown, which just drives me bonkers. So he is officially on my... Um, what we will now know as the John Lacey, um, George Clancy uh, hit list. <laughs> um, I'm 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 aware that I'm running out of battery here, so let's see how we go, John. Um, <laughs> I will it. still I will still be you'll be able to hear me, but we might stop recording. Um, other hands in the ruck. We've had a late one tonight from the Black and Red who said um, the badge change um, for Gloucester, um, the fact they're now offering to get uh, for people to get their tattoos changed. Um, <laughs> Which sparked which sparked a lovely wee exchange on Twitter, including Lee Thompson, who said he was considering getting an Ember tattoo in 2019 uh, to celebrate his 10th season supporting, but the board is wild enough they'd probably change the logo in January. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Macandra, uh, I apologise for not pronouncing your name, Macandra Coleman, uh, who says, I've got the Canon logo on my back, uh, wouldn't be interested in the castle as a swap. Um, so <laughs> that was nice to see. Um my hands in the ruck was uh, Cammy Redpath being called up to England, which oh. uh, it's just I, I fear Sparks and Arms race in calling up players younger and younger in order to try and tie them. And so it ties into this idea of a second team, uh, you know, designated second teams, I think, just be done with it. You know, don't I don't think you should be allowed to have your under-20s as your second team. Keep it simple. First sevens, first fifteens, tie you down to a country outside of that. It's fair game, and I think well, they should, the right. I think they should oh, make sorry. it retrospective as well. I think it should apply to everybody, whether you and that would open up a lot of guys who've been tied to you know New Zealand or even England and Scotland yeah. and playing A's, you know, to playing for other countries. 
I think there was a change in the regulations just uh, a couple of years ago, regard or, or or last year regarding the the, the nominated second side, and I don't think you're allowed to use your under twenties anymore. You're not, but they didn't make it retrospective, and I think they probably should have done. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I see. And I feel I, I, you know, there's one player I've got, Scott Wilson of the Falcons, who played for England Saxons, who's Scottish qualified, born in Imo, Scottish qualified, and he's played for the Saxons, and he's, you know, he might get near the England squad one day, but you sort of think England haven't got a Saxon side anymore. So, you know, keep for, I think, first 15s, first sevens teams outside of that, you know, that Fair just game. keeps it nice and simple. Then there's no ambiguity as to whether or not you're tied or not you've turned out for a country at the right level. There's no, you know, no prospect of a shinglering. Yeah, or, or five ineligible Belgians. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is a lovely note to leave it on, John. Thank you for that. What a great <laughs> oush. Um so yeah, thanks again for listening. Um, I tried to keep it to 30 or 40 minutes. That didn't happen. There was too much news. Uh, blame the news. Um, we will be back in June to cover the um, the autumn tests. Um, we'll try and do those weekly. We'll also try and do a bit of a roundup of the season as well during that time. We won't have a post-Pro 14 final. Should Glasgow make it that far podcast? Um, mainly because I've, I've uh, scheduled my holiday in the middle of that, so um, that's on me. Uh, in the meantime, if you've enjoyed listening to us, do leave us a review. Um, do tell your friends, family about us. Um, and uh, hopefully from next season, we are going to try and be bi-weekly. So once every couple of weeks, there'll be a podcast out uh, if we can uh, get ourselves organised. But from the moment, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from John. Goodbye tonight. <laughs>